you're a startup enthusiast, you journal and write down your thoughts from the past, it's the Finding the Net podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm the CEO of Thunk. I'm a product designer, and I'm working to create a world with more joy, beauty, and delight in it. Thunk is a journaling tool that we're making to empower creators. So this podcast is the story of building an app and business from the ground up. And I'm Danielle, a self-conscious creator and content marketer working with Andrew to grow the reach and audience of Thunk. So I think something fun to do at the beginning of every episode would be to give an update on the number of users we have. Obviously today we're starting from zero (laughs) um, because we're starting to launch Mm -hmm. the beta. So really today we're going to kind of go over what we've done to get the beta out the door and some points that I think are important for us to talk about are this perfectionism angle and thinking you need the perfect final version of the product to ship, but it's really just getting that minimum viable product out the door. So last week we talked about Thunk and its current state as being kind of this minimum viable product and that's what we're launching with the beta. Andrew, how did we get to this point and can you go over just you know what a minimum viable product even is? So a minimum viable product is really a minimum first version of your product that can deliver some value to customers. People can approach this in a lot of different ways. Some people think of the minimum meaning, well, I have just enough to test something. I have enough built that I can learn something from my customers. There's other schools of thought that I'm probably closer to where it's really almost like a minimum valuable or a minimum delightful product where you're really having someone come in and have a good positive first experience with your product. That's how I like to think of sort of the minimum that you're building. And it can be a very simple thing, but I think the core idea of minimum is that you don't build the entire vision that you have right up front before you show it to somebody and learn something. We were kind of trading information back and forth about marketing and you were teaching me about product design and my instinct was to start from the very beginning. And your advice was really good. Go for that that main feature, the, the main thing that's different or the main thing you wanna build, the idea you wanna test. So what is that for Thunk and kind of what went into deciding what pieces to build here? Yeah, I, I, mean, I think that might be even worth elaborating on a little bit, that conversation that we had, which really is sort of about, I think in a lot of ways that gets to the minimum viable part. So, you know, if you're, in the, in the case of that, it was like you, you really just wanted to test dragging and dropping a to-do list onto a calendar. And uh, in order to do that, sometimes you think, okay, I need to build this entire application. And so you're rebuilding stuff that people have already built that we already understand really well. In the case of Thunk, that core interaction that we were looking at was the disappearing text. And I really just wanted to see if that particular piece worked. And I had a whole other vision of what Thunk could be and what Thunk could do. But I intentionally didn't build any of that stuff and really just prototyped out that core disappearing text interaction. And when we built the first, first, first version of the product, that's really all it was. We didn't build things, for example, like an account or a login or a front-end website. That's a great example of a place where people get really hung up when they're trying to start a company or build a product is they might spend all this time building this website before they even have a product. You know, that's a pretty common thing to get stuck in is pay a dollar for every time someone's like, oh, I'm just going to get my website. I'm still working on my website. I, I kind of <laughs> haven't got my website up yet, you know, and and 
interestingly enough, that was the last thing I did in Thunk. There's a tendency to think you need to start from the beginning um, because I think that's the way we're taught in school to do things is start uh, step by step by step by step. And then counterintuitively, maybe really when you're building a product, you start right in the middle. You know, you start right in that moment where you're like, here's my idea for what might deliver some more value. And you build that first and you build that you know, until you reach the moment when you can deliver some value. And that I think is your minimum viable product. I'm someone who has about 25 different domain names that renew every year. (laughs) (laughs) Those kind of projects where I'm like, I just have to get the website up. Um, And I, I think you said something really interesting is that you have to start in the middle. I was recently reading an article about, you know, this minimum viable product idea. It's obviously from tech Twitter and it's this idea of minimum viable creativity. And it's, it's kind of the similar flipping of a mindset of where you start. You kind of go in, you make that mess, you pull out what the value is and you go from there whereas traditionally even with writing like I've been like okay I'm gonna start with my nice five paragraph essay get my intro in and my three points and that puts a lot of pressure on writing so I I think those two ideas together are really interesting were there any features that you kind of sacrificed that you were like oh I really want to work on this but we we just got to get it out the door (laughs) the number of features that I have in my mind far outstrips what we're actually able to ship uh, for sure. And there's an entire backlog of items, uh, sort of a list of items that we have that we would love to put into the product, but that we haven't yet because other things have come up as a priority. Do you want to speak a little bit to the status of our beta list? Yeah, for sure. So status right now, we have about 44 folks on a uh, wait list to come into the beta And those are folks that we found through Nest Labs, which is a community that I've mentioned uh, before on the podcast. And it's really people who are psyched up about productivity, sort of mindfulness-based productivity. They're interested in tools for writing. And a lot of the folks are trying to themselves start newsletters. And so they're looking to write more frequently. And a lot of them journal. And that makes Thunk a very good fit for them. So I've I've been engaging with that community over the past couple of months or so and really just wrote a post announcing that we were opening up this beta program. And that's where the vast majority of folks uh, have come from that are on that list. So they're sitting there for a little bit longer than I would like, waiting for us to open the doors to let them in. And that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I'm really excited to send that email out today and hopefully get a few folks on there. And I think that's a really good point. We kind of touched on this last week and you were saying, you know, it's usually really hard to find these kind of initial user interviews to have that initial validation of what you're building. And, you know, you're really lucky to kind of stumble across Nest Labs. And I think that's an important thing to bring up that maybe isn't as intuitive for creators is you know, where to kind of find your people, find those first users, those first readers, those first listeners. And a really good place to look is the communities that you're in. See, I think there's often this idea that you need to promote yourself and and people are trying to get better at promoting themselves. And when you're inside of a community, nothing makes people feel crappier than you going in there and promoting yourself. Nobody wants you to promote yourself and you don't need to improve on that at all. 
in fact, you know, what I've found is mostly people want you to engage with them and be helpful. People make these posts in these communities and they start off and they're like, here's my thing, like buy my thing, get my thing. It's me. I'm doing the thing. And then it's all the other stuff. And you really want to flip that around. You want to say, hey, like I'm trying to start a podcast. Like here's what I've learned. Uh, you want to kind of give value up front, you know, and, and I know that's that's advice that is easy to give, but hard to follow. Uh, but ultimately, that does work extremely well. So kind of flipping that promo thing and really trying to avoid it inside of communities, I think is important and really trying to, to say, what can I do to engage? How can I add value inside of here? I think a lot of us have really developed this aversion to the the kind of charlatans of social media that just tweet out Hallmark greeting card advice and get all of these followers. And you're just like, you're not actually saying anything though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you gave me a great framing on this, which was uh, to think of, think of everyone as just friends that you haven't met yet. You know, think of this, this group of people that's out there how did you put it? I think it was something like, well, just imagine, you know, there's this group of people out there who's interested in journaling and writing, and they can't wait to like hang out with you and explore your product. And you just have to like go into the room and be like, hey, what's up, everybody? Like, I'm Andrew. And this is like what I'm trying to do. And what are you interested in? And I think that is a hard framing to to take when you're trying to get into that when you think, oh, I need to promote myself, that's not the first thing that you think. But it really is a great way to engage with people. And that was really helpful advice, by the way. So thank you. And it's been really helpful for getting this, even even though it's 44 people, which is great. Like, I think that's a great number to start with from nothing. And I think it really speaks to how you went about that within the community is that it wasn't this like self-promotion. It was more just like, Hey, I'm building this thing. I don't have it all figured out. And then the conversations just kind of flowed naturally from there. And cause if you think about a community as like, you're walking into a room and you're not going to go in there with your megaphone and be like, download my app. I am important. <laughs> like you're going <laughs> to listen to people's conversations and, and join in. And then it kind of flows naturally from there. I maybe there's a question for you in here, which is uh, how do we keep that conversational tone? Is it just a mindset? Is it, um, is it some sort of other more structured approach? This is something I've definitely had challenges with before when I'm, you know, trying to write things. It's almost like the harder I try, the worse mm -hmm. I do. And the more I just dash something off quickly, uh, the better it gets. Kind of backing it up to the bigger picture. Like we're so inundated with markety language these days. And I think most people have fairly yeah. good bullshit meter to be like, okay, like I can ignore this email. Like this isn't actually coming from a human being. Um, mm -hmm. And with things like this, I, I think the, the trick I use is again, going back to that friend mindset of like, how would I write an email to a friend? Cause that's how I want to treat the people on this wait list is, you know, they're friends and we're building something for them. So I tend to read a lot of my copy out loud, um, helps it feel a little bit more natural, gives you that feeling of it's actually a human on the other end of this. And that in turn makes people want to help you more and less likely to ignore you. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's both a very practical tip of reading it out loud and also uh, a good framing of like, well, what am I looking for when I'm reading it out loud, which is to make sure it passes that sort of basic muster of like, what I talk to my friend this way. And um, that's, I definitely felt that 
that thing that I think maybe we were all feeling where it's like, I'm just so tired of that, mar that markety voice. I can't like listen to it anymore. And we're just so overwhelmed with communication that's coming at us. That is like that, that in some ways, if you just go into this more friendly conversational tone, you know, it just, it, it, you're more interested to engage desperate for something that feels authentic these days. Yeah. After being inundated with, uh, all of the internet charlatans telling us how to get rich quick. I think we're, uh, <laughs> we're ready for some yeah. real, real people. Back onto launching and perfectionism. We're sending out the beta invites in a couple of hours, and I'm wondering if you've been struggling with today being the day and wanting to put off the launch at all. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's a daily struggle. I think, you know, <laughs> in fact, to be totally honest, there are moments where uh, I still am trying to delay this beta launch in my brain. I'm like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that, and let's do this on Monday. Maybe we'll do it on Wednesday next week. You know, so there's a there's a very true thing where uh, not only it, what's what's funny maybe about that is that it mirrors the the problem that the customer has, which is this perfection paralysis thing or this or this publishing fear. You know, maybe you could think of it as. And in fact, you know, there was a there was a moment in the Nest Labs community where I was in this sort of course, and it wasn't about this, but everybody kept asking, basically the question like, I'm really afraid to publish, like, what do I do? And they phrased it in all sorts of different creative ways. Like, it didn't sound like that. It didn't sound like I'm scared, help me. It sounded like, well, I'm just looking for, uh, you know, assistance in the order of steps that I need to take. Uh, but really underneath that question, you could tell really obviously was this fear of like, I need to hit the publish button. At that moment, the world is going to see me and I'm very uncomfortable with that. And that's something that for sure is a part of launching this moment of getting this, you know, beta out into the world. Because as long as you're just noodling in the cave, as long as you're just building the thing for yourself alone, you don't ever have to face the moment of, well, shoot, I, I launched it and no one likes this thing, or there's some sort of core issue, or there's some sort of core problem with it. So, you know, as we approach this moment, there is definitely those, those hesitancies, those fears, and uh, I've definitely talked myself in and out of a launch uh, multiple times. So I think that's a core part of where we're going here. And it's a core part of something that has been a part of launching this thing uh, since <laughs> for, for quite a while. So this is an exciting moment, definitely like pushing that button and saying, all right, we're going to put it out into the world and we'll see what happens. And we'll definitely learn some things and we'll, you know, make some adjustments and we'll grow from there. Thank you for listening this week. If you want to join the beta that's launching today, you can email podcast at thunkjournal.com and you can find Andrew and me on Twitter. Yes, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next week. Woo!